God is good. He's an amazing God, a wonderful God. Um, he's a God of encouraging. He's a God of discipline. He's a God of teaching. He's a God of love. He's a God of compassion. Just think, we have a mighty God. We have a God that loves us enough to help us. And so that's what he's done for me. So I'm just going to right now, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit just to come and teach. How many of you want the Holy Spirit to speak instead of Joyce Dodd? Thank you. Thank you. So Holy Spirit, we just come and invite your presence. We just come and lay your word in our hearts and in our thoughts, God. We love you, Father God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for keeping us every day when we wake up. Now anoint your word and teach your word as you do best, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Uh, how many of you um, recall at the beginning of the year how Pastor Dennis gave us some advice to think differently? He's, you know, think differently in 2019. And then he gave us a challenge to wake up each day said, what's my purpose today? Remember that at the beginning of the year? If you were here, you should remember that. He says, think differently in 2019. Um, and then wake up each morning and say, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And so every day I've been doing that because I remember that. And I have it before me. And uh, some mornings I wake up, if I don't do that, if I don't say, God, help me today, what do you want me to do today? Uh, I go beyond that, and I say, Father, help me to be kind today. Help me to love today. Now, I'm not saying I do it every day, because I see people sometimes, I think, God, help me with these people, you know, that I, I'm around at work and that I share with, and then I look out my window when I'm working and I see how the world is, and so I have to remind myself and ask the Lord to help me again. So today, we're going to talk about laying aside and adding to your faith, because there's a lot of things that we don't need anymore, and that we have to lay aside, and then it'll come back and tempt us, but we get, we continually to say, Lord, help us to lay this aside. Help us to put this away. Change me. Help me to be a better person. Help me to be a better grandma or a mimi. Help me to be a better great-grandma now. Help me, Father God, in all these things. And I'm telling you, sometimes you just have to take the hurt. People's gonna, people are going to do things, and you just have to take it and take it to the Lord. Uh, that's just the way life is in, serve, in serving God. And um, so we're going to look at Hebrews 2. And I have it at the bottom. I, of the sheet I gave you, I did print it out at the bottom. I think I did. But if I didn't, you can write it down at the bottom. And then I have a couple of more scriptures that I didn't put on the sheet that I forgot that came to me. This scripture says, therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. 
and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And one version, the King James Version, New King James Version, says beset us or ensnares us. And let us run with endurance, which is patience, the race that is set before us, looking to the author and finisher, and some versions say pioneer and perfecter, of our faith. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. How many feel discouraged sometimes? How many feel weary sometimes? We all get there, right? And we need encouragement. And for every uh, attitude in the Bible, God has set aside his word to combat it, to help us, to help us stand, to encourage us. That's how much he loves you and I. And so he wants us to put on those same attributes that he has. The same attributes, a God of compassion, a God of love. Why? Because we're going to have to step out of self and show that to other people. We're going to have to take our mind off of self. There's a song we used to sing, let's forget about ourselves and concentrate on him, consecrate on him, and worship him, and magnify the Lord. I say that in everything you do. When you come in contact with people that are lost, when you come in contact with people that are still babes in Christ, you're going to have to forget about yourself and be mature in the Lord and ask him to help you in every aspect of your life. You're going to have to lay everything you feel aside. Let me tell you, you're going to have to lay it aside. If you've been a Christian a while, you got to start doing this. If you haven't started doing it, you got to start doing it. You got to start somewhere. Because God wants to build his church. And God uses us, men and women, to build his church. That's who he used. He doesn't just build it himself. He uses us. The scripture says, except the Lord builds a church, who do the Lord use? You and I. He says that in the word, except the Lord builds a church, the labor is in vain. So we have to look at this scripture, and we, I'm going to share with you five things to do and five things to lay aside. It's all in the word. We just read the word, so what to lay aside? The first thing to lay aside is every weight. And by that, what's weighing you down? Give it to the Lord. Ask him to take it from you. So take this from me, God. I don't want to be weighed down. I do it every morning. I have to get up and do it. That's why this message is coming forth. Uh, because I do it. I have to do it. I can't live in this world without laying things aside and not letting things bother me because you, we, we come in contact with family members. We come in contact with people and some things that they do just bother us. So we have to get used to laying it aside, putting it aside, you know. And God's purpose here is to get the believer to lay aside whatever weight is hindering your Christian progress to grow spiritually. Is there some things 
hindering your Christian progress? Some people come and tell me, well, I don't understand the word. I don't know how to read it. I don't know what it means. So I have to suggest a version that they can understand, amplify the message. So you get my point there. So because God expects us to grow, he expects us to give him attention when we come into the house of God. He expects us to use that word when we leave here for the week. That's why I'm sharing with you so you can be encouraged that the word is there for you to use. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes the enemy will come and, and push us and says, oh, that's not true. That's not what it means. So you be encouraged this week with whatever weight that you're carrying, that God is a mighty God. And if you give it to God, he can take that weight away. The Holy Spirit is kicking in there and moving. I can, I can feel it. You know, I know him. The next thing you need to lay aside is sin or whatever ensnares you. Okay, if you're still blowing off the handle and been saved 40 years, 15 years, I'm say a year, then we need to come into agreement with God to say, take this from me. Help me in this area. Take whatever is in me from this area, whatever sin that reigns in me, whatever mistake, even mistakes God can take from you. Listen to me. He wants to. He wants to help you. Take what I'm used to doing. Um, and help me. See, people are used to doing what they want to do. They're used to doing what it seems normal, but with Christians, we got to come out of the normal because God is not a normal God. He's a supernatural, all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere God. And he expects you after being saved for 20 years, 15 years, three years, one year, Six months to have some progress in him. This is what our God expects of us. This is what is in the word. See, people are doing whatever they do. Pastor Dennis is not here, so I just stay home. That's the normal for them. Because they don't go to God and say, God, help me to support Pastor Dennis when he's gone. We think because he's gone, we don't have to be here because he doesn't need that support. But he needs that support when he's not here. He needs to know that we've got his back. Amen? So people are used to doing whatever they want to do, and that's a sin, especially when you're a Christian. People don't want to hear this. They don't want to know that forsaken to assimilate themselves together is a sin. They don't want to hear that. See, they want to hear the good stuff. You're going to be blessed, and this is going to happen to you, but there's the negative and the positive together to make greatness. Hear me? The spirit, hear what the spirit is saying to the church. So we need to lay aside the sin. People look at sins like drinking, cursing, anger, but sin is simply anything that takes you away from God. And see, people need to get their conscience seared, get their conscience unseared because their conscience is seared. Well, I just go off and do what I want to do. And God wants us to come into the house of God and come together to support the ministry of the pastors and the saints and the evangelists and the Sunday school teachers. People don't realize that. 
Next, number three, you have to run with patience the race that is set before you. Don't give up. Keep going. Don't give up. Run. That's going to be obstacle. That's going to be um, conflict, you know, but keep going. When you get in that place and you feel tired and you feel weary, it says, God, I need your strength today. I, I ask for it every morning because I don't know what I'm going to encounter that day. So I ask for it every day because I have to go out into a world where there's mean people and they have to see Christ in me or I could ruin my testimony of who I am in Christ, you know. There was a man a couple of weeks ago, I almost was getting ready to go off on him. You don't want me to go off on you. So I have to hold my composure. And the Holy Spirit reminded me just so strongly. says, remember, Joyce, you don't want to ruin your testimony with him. Because he's looking up to you every time he sees you. So we don't realize as Christians that we can do that. So we have to be mindful of that. So run with Patience, the race that's set before you. And that's in the scriptures of Hebrew. That's in verse 1. The next thing, the fourth thing is to look to Jesus. Look to him. Cry out to him. Call on him. Ask him. Lord, you know what I'm going through right now. Cry out. Lord, you know that I'm sensitive in this area. Help me. So he'll help you. Look to Jesus. He is the head of a long trail of heroes in the Bible. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Listen to me. He's everything you can have. He cares about the smallest detail. Oh, how I love him. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. My husband and I were singing the song on the way down Friday night to Pastor Dave Beejo. I had a good friend of mine. Uh, he passed away. And so uh, we were singing that everybody ought to know who Jesus is, up there and back. And I go, oh, good. We harmonize good together, you know. But everybody ought to know this Jesus. If you don't know him today, if you know him in part, if you don't have an intimate relationship with him, it's the best thing you can ever have because you can go to him and tell him everything with, on your heart that you can't tell people. Go to him. Run to him. He loves us. He's waiting for you to do that. The fifth thing is consider him. Observe and analyze him. That's what this means. Consider Jesus. Consider what he went through. Consider how he bore the cross for you and I. Consider every part of his life and his conduct. Analyze it. Study him. And that's the fourth one, the fifth one, consider him. The scripture, Romans 8, 16 through 17, I read some of it. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children, verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So you're going to share in the sufferings.
presence of God. Consider his character. Consider who he is. Consider how he can just come and make it all better. Consider that. Try it. The next time you're feeling down, just sit in your chair. Take time, five or ten minutes. This is, Lord, I need you. He'll come. He does it every time for me. Take that time and say, Lord, I don't want to go to anyone else but you first. Smooth my mind. Remove the conflict in myself and in my mind because we have conflict with the flesh, with the spirit. And he'll come and help you. And I like verse Philippians 3.10. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. We used to sing a song about it. Paul declares, I want to know Christ. Every part of it. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So every part of Jesus we need to analyze. We need to get to know him. We need to know that he suffered. And we will suffer as he suffered. But we have a God that can come in with grace and mercy and help us. And it will be effective. Because he knows every part of your mind. He knows all of your thoughts. He knows your body. He knows your will. He knows your emotions. He knows what you're going through. Because Jesus Christ himself suffered. Like passion. He did it first so we can be able to do it. So if you look to him, the author and finisher of your faith, the pioneer of your faith, the perfecter of your faith, you look to him, you can know that you know that you know that you know. He'll take care of you. He'll heal you. He'll move out whatever in your body and in your, in your system. He is a healer. He is a bestower. He can bridge your thoughts. He can take care of a battling mind. He can take care of a wavering spirit. Go to Jesus. Consider him. Analyze his character. Observe him. Find scriptures specifically about Jesus and how he walked and what he did. He's an awesome He's awesome. He's awesome. I'm just telling you, a couple of weeks ago, I woke up in the middle of the night with so much pain, and I didn't know where it was coming from. I think it was because I was helping Calvin in the shower, and I pulled the muscle in my chest. And, you know, I just began to ask God. I said, God, you know I'm not a person of pain. I can't stand pain. I looked in the mirror at myself, and I said, you have to take this away. I'm going to tell you guys. I got up and went to work, and I didn't even realize that it was gone. It was gone. He healed me. He healed me. He healed me. He took care of it. He can heal through doctors. He can heal immediately. It's his choice, but he will heal you. We just have the faith. We're getting ready to go into adding to our faith. We're getting ready to go into the faith process of everything. And see, God gives us a measure of faith. It's not just a big faith. I'm not going to go there, but it's in Romans 12, 3, that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So you have that faith, 
You just got to stir it up. You just got to get with the Holy Spirit and activate it. It's like activating your cell phone. You got to activate that faith. You got to stand when you don't feel like standing. You got to believe God when you don't feel like believing him because we walk by faith and not by sight. You're not going to see the faith. You're going to have to stand when you don't feel like it. I think Sister Maggie spoke on this the last time she spoke. You're going to have to go by faith. You're going to have to believe in the God that you serve, that he is a God above all others. I've been praying for a friend of mine, and I tell, and he keep calling me, and I'm me and Bill, and we'll be up late night praying with him, and he won't, he wants that his faith encouraged. He wants to know that God's going to do what he says he's going to do when we've been praying. And I say, God's going to do it because I don't see it any other way. And I don't see it any other way because God said it. And I believe him in his word. I trust him. Analyze his character. Okay. Luke 17, 6 says, have faith as grain of a mustard seed. I'm just quoting it. I'm not going to go there. Uh, these are just some scriptures I added. Luke 17, 6. So, yes, God gives us faith. He's dealt to every person a measure of faith. You have faith. I hear people say in church, I don't have faith. I'm thinking, well, how did you get saved? Because it took faith to get saved. It took faith to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Yes, you do. You have a measure of faith in you. You just got to add to it. You, and it doesn't have to be bunches of faith. People say, oh, you have a whole lot of faith. We got to have a whole lot. No, as a grain of mustard seed. And a mustard seed is very tiny. That's a deception. That's a deception of the enemy. I want to encourage you. You have faith. You ask God, God, this is what I have. I'm giving it to you. I'm coming to the table. I'm bringing it to the table. This is what I have in my faith. I believe that you can, a lot of people believe the miracles in the Bible. They don't believe that God can do it to him. Start there. God, I believe in all those miracles in the Bible. Now I need you to help me. Now I need you to help me in my faith. I'm giving it to you. I believe you walked on water. I believe you turned the water into wine. I believe you felt fed the multitude. See, sometimes we forget what Jesus has done for us. I believe, Lord, that you went to that cross for my sins and that you rose again on the third day. Lord, I believe this is in the Bible. I believe it, Jesus. So now help me to go forth and live in this time and believe that what you have for me, you're going to perform. Because God does nothing but perform his miracles for us. He'll perform it for us. There's a scripture in the Bible says, it, it talks about that the weapons will form. You guys know the scripture I'm talking about? It talks about the weapons will form. Let me tell you guys something. That's what it said, that the weapons will form. But let me tell you, forming, that's all they're going to do. They will not prosper. You hear me? Catch that in the Holy Spirit. The weapons can form. No weapons formed against you shall prosper. Hear the word of God. They can form, but they will not prosper because the word of God has already said that they won't prosper. Let's get back to this and go to, in 2 Corinthians, it tells us to be ready 
to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That's 2 Corinthians 10.6. And complete. It means, in other words, once you obey and you see something that's not right, you be ready to defend that it's not right. You don't stand with unrighteousness, okay? With me, I deal with people and I'll tell them the truth. You got to know who you are. This is who you see. You see me right now, I'm the same all the time. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If you're right, you're right. My pastor friend used to say that. So I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you, yes, you are wrong. I'm dealing with a situation now with some people, and I said, you're wrong. You know, you're wrong. The scripture says don't do this. Don't agree. Don't agree with unrighteousness. Hebrews 11.1. 1. We're going to talk about faith and add into our faith. Faith is our substance, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We can't see faith, but we can see it in action when it comes forward. We can see a healing. We can see a miracle. It's amazing. When Bill and I was in Texas, uh, an evangelist used to come through. We went to this church, and he had a gift. He was a faith dentist. He had a gift of helping people teeth. If they were rotten, God would perform miracles and, and put silver in their teeth. And some people even got a, a good teeth. God would perform miracles. And I've seen that. So we, we haven't seen any miracles in the last few days, because in the last few years, because we forget that God is the God of miracles. He's effective in miracles. We forget that. We're going to go to 2 Peter uh, 1, 5 through 9. I mean, yeah. We're going to read this, and then we're going to do the add to our faith, and then we'll be done. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Now, you have faith. God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. And to faith, goodness. And to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to pers perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in Christ, increase in measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whosoever does not have them is nearsighted and blinded, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past. Now, let's, let's look at the bottom, adding to your faith. Let me tell you what you're going to add to your faith. You have it on your sheet, the bottom of your sheet. And then we're going to go back and talk about verses uh, 8 and 9, and then we'll be done. Uh, here in these verses, we have spiritual arithmetic. You're going to add. You're not taking away. Before we tuck away, we laid aside every weight, every sin that so easily beset us. Today, right now, we're going to add. It's arithmetic in this. We, we subtract, and now we add, okay? Add to your faith good, goodness. Verse 5. Add to goodness knowledge. So you have faith. You just got to add to it so you can be productive. Add to knowledge, self-control. 
One and two is verse five. Number three is verse six. Add to self-control perseverance. That's verse six. And we're reading out of first, second Peter. I think I said first, but second Peter, let me correct it. The first chapter, verse five. Okay. Add to um, perseverance, godliness. Add to godliness, mutual affection. Powerful. Add to mutual affection, love. These two are in verse 7. Love. You have to have love. If we add to our faith these things, we won't be unproductive. Go back to verse 8. Let's look at verse 8. Give me a close here. Verse 8 says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. That's why you have to add to your faith. Once you get saved, that's some work to do. It's just not getting saved, and that's the end of it. Once you get saved, you got to start working on your faith process. God dealt you a measure of faith. You got to start adding to it so you can grow spiritually. It'll help you. You won't be unproductive. When the enemy come in like a flood, then God will lift up a standard. When the weapons form, they will not prosper. See, the weapons, I have to say that again, the weapons will form, but they will not prosper. See, we just go to that scripture that the weapons will form, but they won't prosper. It says they shall not prosper. They shall not prosper. That's a promise in the word of God. This is the heritage of those that serve him. We have a heritage with God. If you don't serve Christ, if you don't have him in your heart, you don't have the same heritage. I hear people tell unbelievers, God bless you, God's going to do this. No, they have to ask Christ into their heart so they can have that heritage that God promised us. He promised us that the sons of Abraham Jacob and Isaac. We have that same heritage. We are the Gentile people. We have a heritage for him because we have accepted Jesus in our heart and we live for him. So we have that heritage. We have a heritage to reap healings. We have a heritage for God to provide for us. We have a heritage for God to do miracles in our life. We have an heritage because we serve God. So he tells us if we do the things, if we add to our faith, which you just wrote down, knowledge, goodness, love, mutual affection, then we will, if we do these things increasingly in measure, then we, it will keep us from being ineffective. Why are we ineffective? Have you been ineffective in your life? Have you been unproductive in your life? Think on it. Then add to your faith. Ask God to help you. It's really a simple process when we go to God. It's not simple when we don't go to him. Now listen to the next verse, and I want you to be happy about this verse. I love this verse. But whoever does not have them, the qualities that I just read, the qualities of adding to your faith, is nearsighted and blind, 
forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Why? Because the enemy will come in and bring thoughts to you. So you have to add to your faith knowledge, goodness, mutual affection, love. You have self-control, perseverance. You have to add this to your faith so that you can see clearly, so that when the enemy comes in, you can say, no, stop it there. I have a heritage with God. He is my provider. He is my healer. He has given me um, a sound mind of love and power. So therefore, take it out, Satan, because I don't believe anything you're saying. I trust him. If you don't add these things to your faith, knowledge, self-control, patience, you know, goodness, mutual love, then the scripture says you're nearsighted, you're blind, you can't see, your mind is cloudy. When the enemy comes in, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to battle. You don't know how to combat it. Your mind get all confused. Your body get weary, you get tired. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you add to your faith, as in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9, God will help you and do miracles in your life. I feel this in my spirit. I'm like Jeremiah. It's just like fire shut up in my bones. The word of God is in my bones. The Holy Spirit can reside in us to help us be strong, but we got to use it. We, God gave us the Holy Spirit for a reason. He didn't give us the Holy Spirit just to lay it on the shelf and say, bye, bye, bye. You have to call up on the Holy Spirit in your life when you need it. It's effective. It's effective. God is an awesome God. Don't forget who you serve. Don't forget you have a heritage with him. Don't forget this week. Start now. When you wake up first thing in the morning, says, good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being over me during the night. Because that's what watches over you. That's your comforter. And now, I'm getting ready to rise up in my day. Help me to live for you in kind, self-control, perseverance, goodness, and in love. And let me know today that I can't face anything without you. Thank you, Father God. Let's just pray. Stand. We can pray. If you need prayer, don't leave here without prayer. Don't go through your week without strength. That's what the church is for. When Pastor Dennis asks anybody need prayer, get prayer. God bless you. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. We give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honor this morning. We thank you that you are a mighty God. I pray over your people in this body this morning. I pray over the ones that are going through this, whatever they're going through. I pray over the ones that are hurt in their bodies and in their system and in their minds. I pray that you come and take control. Holy Spirit, I call upon you this morning for my brothers and my sisters in Christ. And Lord, I ask you to encourage them today. I ask you to place a mantle of encouragement over them. I ask you to place a mantle of hope over them. I ask for those that need provision, God, that you provide for them, Father God. And Lord, I thank you for it today. And I bless them, God, because you bless them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you, Father God. God bless you. If you want prayer, um, I'll pray for you.